Hey, all you big dogs and puppies. I am Austin Ward for Letterman Row. This is Road Beers episode number three. It's still a cat-free zone, uh, but we obviously did, I think all three of us now, uh, Spencer Holbrook getting ready for the chive by manning the video controls and my cohort here, Jeremy Birmingham, I believe. We've all now made it through Tiger King and the insanity. And I'm not going to be Carol Bastions because I'm not a murderer. And I'm not uh, a big fan of cats myself. So Spencer was like throwing down the gauntlet that I was going to introduce this week's podcast that way. And there was no chance. That's just not happening. Yeah, Spencer, um, his obsession right now with cats is literally shaking me. I'm literally shook. Um, Stop it, Spencer. Just stop it. But no, uh, I was obviously ahead of the, the curve. Uh, when it came to Tiger King, and uh, I watched it first. I flattened that curve real quick. Yeah, and what I what I want to point out is that the show is obviously insane, but it has given me something to do uh, in this quarantine because for the last five or six days, um, as I start to you know regress a little bit into my mind and the dark recesses therein, um, I, I've been researching how to uh, cover myself in sardine oil and, 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 and trying to find out if anybody in my local region has tigers um, because I'm ready to be eaten by a tiger because uh, I'm losing my mind. What a wild way to go. Yeah. I'm losing my mind. And if, uh, if my death by tiger can help like lead other people to their own personal freedom, I'm all for it. Did you happen to write a will that says, just in case I die or get eaten by a tiger. In case I disappear in the next three days. Um, no, I, I did not. But I figure at that point, the, I've become a believer that if I'm eaten by a tiger, that my soul will become part of the tiger. Mm-hmm. And so then I will just live on as a tiger. And that's important somewhere. to you? How can it not be important? Because you might go get mistreated uh, at a facility in Florida. I don't know that, uh, yeah, not in Oklahoma, because old Joe Exotic treated those tigers real nice. Now, we can we can discuss the merits of Carol Baskin's tiger-keeping uh, skills, but, you know, she, she certainly was um, a murderer. Let's just call it what it is. I don't, I don't understand how, like, okay, so spoiler alert if you haven't watched Tiger King. I don't know what you've been waiting for. We've all been on quarantine. It's been out for several weeks now. I feel like... We're past the point where we're allowed. Yeah, to I'll give you my Netflix login if you want it, just to watch it. But uh, so they spent one whole episode talking about Carol, and there were every single piece of evidence. And I, I know that they can manipulate it however they want to present that case. And and obviously, uh, Joe Exotic had his feelings about what happened down there. But I like how did this become a cold case? It seems like, and why was she never brought in or? Arrested. It seems pretty cut and dried, especially when you talk about like the van being what all they're, you know, man, these people, Florida's crazy. Florida's the wild, wild west when it comes to like killing your husband. I mean, again, the, the thing is she killed husband one or husband two, I guess, since he was her second husband and then immediately finds another rich old white dude to marry her. And the, the next guy, Howard, allows himself to be photographed on a leash at their wedding. Like, I don't think that it's – I mean, it seems pretty clear that 
Carol had a, a, a unique ability to find dudes who were a little bit off their rocker, which I guess everyone in the big cat world is. I mean, even from, from the guy in South Carolina to the guy in Las Vegas, who's Doc, Doc who's, Bhagavan. Yeah. But wasn't like the dude in Vegas, whose name is escaping me right now. Like it, it wasn't he the worst. Yeah. Like he's the worst guy on the whole show. Uh, wow. That's a good question. Who is the worst person on that show? Cause I actually, somebody asked me about this the other day I was on with, um, Bishop and Laurenitis, and they were debating whether to either finish watching it, which was Bo, or to start it at all, which was James. And I was like, I had just wrapped up. And I was like, I don't know how to answer that. Like everybody has seen it and it makes for good um, quarantine filler. It's entertaining. It's insane. Like you don't really want to be left out of the conversation. But when I got to the end, I was like, I don't know why this exists. Yeah. I'm kind of disturbed by it. I'm a little bit bothered that I spent, you know, six hours diving into it. And not only that, and then I started reading, you know, the initial reporting. And You I'm went down the rabbit hole. hole? Yeah, I'm not going to do the podcast because the Netflix show is enough. And I don't really uh, personally listen to podcasts that much, although maybe that'll be my new hobby during quarantine. Yeah, there's but nothing else to do. I, actually, one of the things that I've lost because of quarantine and the driving back and forth to Columbus is is my time to listen to podcasts. Because I listen to crime junk or crime junkies and a uh, couple other true crime podcasts in my back and forth drive, and now I'm way behind. But so I mean, that's that's please a good sardine point. oil me. <laughs> Who is the worst uh, human being that's on that show? Like, I don't think that it's Joe Exotic because I think he's for the most part too stupid to really be. Uh, successful evil mastermind yeah but like the the reality show producer guy who's clearly like the the guy getting paid behind this episode of or behind this documentary mm-hmm. um is awful too they're all awful they're all awful human beings what was so awful about him i mean he clearly was i mean he turned on joe for the show he what? turned on him he, he was there filming a show and it was like you know what uh i'm gonna take all this and make it my own and it's like, come on, man. What was he supposed to do? Joe burned down all of his all of his videos? I don't know. I just know you don't wear a hat and smoke like that guy does unless you're evil. So, <laughs> period. What if you have, a, what if you have a, a, a big bandana to cover up your bald spot, then throw a hat on top and always wear a leather jacket, even in Oklahoma? Dude, imagine the, the, the bump that the, the affliction stonks got when uh, that happened the bump down like we don't yeah. want to be associated with this dude he was i mean hiring new nannies now he's like pimping them out on social media like it's a wild ride i don't know i think as a society we give uh insane ass people too much attention right you know but like one part of it one part of me thinks that the other part of me is like is there a second season of this coming you know <laughs> because i you know, I think what, that we like, just like for Joe. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, what's that episode of The Office? You're you would love jail, um, but I just think we maybe <laughs> are giving. I, <laughs> I just you would love jail. I just think we're giving too much attention to to psychopaths, which I get it because people don't want to watch TV shows about like normal people who are just doing good things. Um, 
but you know, I, I don't know. I Move think there, I mean, maybe there will be. I think that um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if we get a chive by, he can he can chive by. Like I think I think Doc Ansel did get rated like at the end of last year. So South Carolina was getting attacked or shut down and. The craziest thing of all yesterday, I thought I thought I was really done with it, and we we're going to move on, and I wasn't going to have to go down any more rabbit holes. And somebody posted this picture of uh, Doc Ansel and Britney Spears. Yeah, well, and also the one where it looks like the woman next to her looks like Carol Baskin, and I'm like, oh, they were both at the VMAs and the iconic. Oh, I missed that one. And um, yeah, that, I can't believe that he was part of this one of a kind performance with the snake and the tiger in the background. Wow. Uh, and it really, I mean, it cheapens the whole thing for me because he might've tried to, Brittany was susceptible at that time to uh, influential men. And we all know what happened. Climbing um, a river finances, but doc Antle, what if he had convinced her to go join the harem in South Carolina? Like what would have happened to my life if, if I wouldn't have had Brittany in it? Sorry, guys. The- you would have had Brittany in it in this uh, season one of Tiger King. Oh, boy. You just would have had her in your life a whole lot later. <laughs> sorry, for the late- sorry for Gosh. the late chive by. I'm sorry for it. I was trying to bear- uh, dig myself out of the septic tank. Somebody buried me under it. Um, but I would think – I think I think Doc is the craziest character on that show because nobody talks about the fact – he doesn't run a zoo. He runs a sex cult. Like, we have completely buried the fact that this man gets women to sleep with him because of tigers, and then he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to work with me because you're one of my wives now. Like, that is a sex cult. Okay, have you watched, um, what is it, Wild Wild West or something? Wild? Wild Wild. No, um, it's, another do- it's another Netflix documentary um, from last year. Wild, wild country um, with another Rog, Ganesh, whatever. Like, I'm pretty sure that anybody who identifies as a guru uh, is running a sex cult. I don't think that that's even, I think that's pretty much a given at this point. If you are a bog, I don't know the word. So, Bogdan? Yeah, if you're that, if you have that title, um, which means like Lord or something in Hindu or Indian, is is it Hindu or Indian? I don't know. I think if you are, if you have that title, the fact that you run a sex cult is sort of given. Yeah. It's like they go one to one. I think the fact that he has tigers in his sex cult actually makes it unique. Otherwise it's just like, what, what you are, you're just normalizing sex cults. Then if you say that, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out that people who are, referred to as Lord by the people who hang out with them are generally hanging out with people who are willing to do anything they suggest. That man is a, that doesn't mean I think it's normal. I think it's weird all around, but the point is once you start calling your uh, husband or friend uh, Lord and you suggest that he's your guru, um, I think you're pretty much laying it out there that you're willing to go the extra mile for him. I guess that's that's what I'm saying. I guess that's fair. I don't know. It's just like them just kind of skipping over the fact that like, yeah, he runs a sex cult within this tiger kingpin is like, 
wow, we're kind of just burying a big lead there just to get to the Tigers. It, it they, they don't call Myrtle Beach the dirty Myrtle for no reason. <laughs> All right. If, what is your number one takeaway from Tiger King? Because this will probably be the last time that we ever acknowledge it uh, unless they come out with season two in the next week. I think – I never would have guessed that it only cost $2,000 yeah, to get Tiger That's it. That's it for me for sure. Like, I've spent way more than that um, in total on, like, my dogs. Not, like, per dog, but, I mean – if I could have known, if I'd have known I could have had a tiger kitten for that amount of money, I definitely would have had a tiger kitten. That's not even a debate. Especially because now you know what you know what the Doc Antles of the world how uh, persuasive right. it can be with the I women. Mean, look at it. Look what it does for you. It's every okay. You know, there's the old anecdote. You know, the old adage or the old cliche of taking a puppy dog to the park, right? Like you. Yeah. Imagine taking a tiger. I would love to. I, I don't. I, dangerous. Other than that, I guess um, it reinforced to me that Florida is insane, and they just don't care what you do down there. It's like Vietnam. Florida seemed to be the sanest place out of the bunch, other than the whole husband murdering part. Yeah, but as somebody who would potentially be, you know, who who plays the role of husband in in life. Uh, I'm I'm anti those areas, you know, the parts of the country that are like enable and facilitate husband murdering. I think we should try to avoid. That's a good point. Guys, what's your number one Tiger King takeaway? Um, I didn't think people were crazier than like what you see on the news, but it just like, it seems like the news finds everything crazy to like report on like Florida man does this Florida man does that. No, they don't even scratch the surface when it comes to, to people who own big cats. Cause like I go back to the first, the first episode when the guy reveals why he's doing a documentary on tigers and the snow leopards in the back of the truck. And the owner of the snow leopard now just goes, well, I don't know if you're supposed to refrigerate it or not. And I'm like, well, you just bought it. So if you don't know what to do with it, why do you have it? What about random dude at the end on the uh, jet ski? Like, what was that about? Like, it's so like, weird. He looked like the ex-wife on two and a half men. And you know, um, Austin in uh, Seven Days in Hell, the part yeah. about the uh, the part about the courtroom illustrator, the part that you hate, right? Uh, because of, it, it's not that I hate it; it's that I, I I'm constantly like, what is this doing here? Uh, that is the the equivalent, the Tiger King equivalent of that is the tornado scene, right? Where it's just like. <laughs> Hey, here's a tornado back here. And then like and then this like, isn't good for my tigers. I'm like, what? Sometimes you just hold on for dear life. Like, what do you and then the next scene someone's getting their arm bit off? And I'm like, what the is going on here? Um more more beautiful women, crazier drugs, more yeah. expensive cars. It's uh, pretty wild. Everything that was lost for him was not on this world. Um can I just add one tiny little tidbit that James Garretson has to be the worst confidential informant in the history of the FBI? <laughs> he wasn't very good at it. Yeah, it's hard to dispute that. He's like, yeah, uh, I am a confidential informant still to this day. And they're like, you're not confidential. Yeah. Would you like to join me as a confidential informant? <laughs> it's really fun. I'm not recruiting confidential informants. That's French for <laughs> confidential informant. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, do you guys have like, 
we're now three weeks into this insane thing we're doing in the world. Um, what's your biggest regret over the first three weeks of quarantine? Ooh. What would you have done different? I don't know. We've, I mean, since you and I got back from Carolina, I think that I've, we've done a pretty good job of, of sticking with the rules and staying inside. Um, Today's know. the we first day I've worn deodorant. Today's the first day in two weeks I've put on deodorant. That's not a lie. I figured so do, I'd you don't, spruce it up today. I doubt that you regret that. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, that's just anecdotal. Um, my biggest regret is telling a 10 year old that frozen two is on Disney plus <laughs> without question, because when I say that I've watched it 14 times in the last two and a half weeks, that is not an exaggeration. Well, you can leave the room. That's on you. You, you wait right now. You have a, a rock eating two year old. Wait till you get older and uh, they get older. They don't leave, They don't let you leave the room. Well, I, I mean, I'm constantly being asked to sit there and watch it. And Onward has – that streak lives on. Uh, it's been out for 11 days, 12 days. 12 days, I guess. I did and watch Onward. Been, did you watch Onward yet? Yeah. Onward? Every day. I like That's that what one. I was going to say. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I, I've seen it 12 days in a row. Oh, well, I wouldn't like it that much. Um, yeah. Not but that that, good. that was one where I was like, hey, you know what? This has a good message, I guess. Um, we're frozen, too. I'm like, I, I don't understand the message. I mean. I think the message is reparations. Whatever. Don't Something, you think? I, mean, I, I, I get so. I, I do like Olaf quite a bit in this uh, Frozen 2, way more than in the first one. Um, I think hmm. he's very funny. Spencer doesn't watch these movies because he just has a cat, but that takes up all his time. I don't know. I mean, I I guess that's my biggest regret is like, I trying so hard to get these kids to like, want to learn and do other stuff. Like, but as I told you before we went on the air, like we got the message from the school system in Michigan last week saying that they can't really grade their stuff. So now everything is optional. And uh, that has been, essentially hell because now we're fighting a, a fight that well my friends aren't doing schoolwork yeah well your friends are idiots and they're <laughs> gonna be idiots and you our goal is to make you not an idiot but here we are anyway now i feel like the idiot i don't think i've had any of that stuff and if i made a mistake i'm not gonna know you know for maybe five or six more days because i did once they reversed course and opened up uh I allowed golf courses to be open again. I went with my uh, two of my brothers-in-law and one of my good friends and a longtime supporter of Letterman Row to play around on Sunday, which is is kind of weird right now because it's like one person in, one person out of the uh, of the you know to go cart. pay pro yeah. shop. Oh yeah, one cart. you have to you know one person per cart. Um, this course there were there are two options like you can put like a swim noodle in the bottom of the cup so that it only goes down about an inch or you can just elevate the cup. And that's what this place did. We were up at Deer Ridge uh, about an hour North of Columbus. And so the hole is like, it's sitting up. You just have to bang it off. It, the cup. it doesn't yeah. go in. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. Um, 
but you know we're so desperate to go out and do something outdoors and play that that you yeah. went out in 55 mile an hour winds to hit a golf ball well i that was the regret that was the regretful part but i can't control the weather and i wanted so badly to play i was like okay i don't care about the cups being out of the hole i don't care about how windy it is how wet it is i've got to go play and that was only after two weeks of this so i can't even imagine what it's going to be like in two months yeah, I mean, we've uh, avoid. You know, we're doing the whole walk thing, go out, get outside, and try to do that. But like, it's still March in Ohio, and uh, it's forty degrees and raining all the time. And when it's not forty degrees and raining, it's fifty-eight degrees and raining with fifty mile an hour winds. So it's like there's not really a win win situation here. So we don't even but need to is. bring pipes, and we know he got a cat, so that was. Yeah, he can't even. Oh, how's that? How's that kitty litter changing going, Chives? Enjoying it? Hey, Chives, for real. Um, has the cat peed on your curtains yet? I don't know. I live in a. Oh, apartment. you wouldn't know. So I guess I'll take that as a. <laughs> I'll take that as a no because I'm. You would absolutely be aware. Yeah. No. I, here's the here's the thing though i don't have curtains i have blinds and i don't have curtains so it's, it's not really an option for it well i guess you're winning that battle it'll find a way you win in that battle to pee on the non-existent curtains i guess he'll find a way can i give a regret sure absolutely it's not cat related uh, no it's actually uh exercise related because i went on a run yesterday and i ran around this pond that i really like but the geese there are really mean like every time you run by them, they hiss. So yesterday, yesterday I'm on my run and I'm running a decent time. I'm trying to improve my time every day. And there's a goose in the middle of the pond. And all of a sudden he just jumps out of the pond. I hear his wings flapping. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn and look at this goose fly away. Just like randomly. It starts coming right toward my face. So this I had amazing. to sprint away. And it landed right beside me and tried to peck my shoe and then hissed at me until I sprinted away. And it might have been the scariest moment of my life. This is, okay, Chives, I'm going to send you a GoPro. Um, and I'm going to need you to record the next run you take. But I want you to go back to that same pond. No, but no, um, that is great. But why do you like this pond? What is it about the pond? I don't know. It's a pretty pond. There's usually some ducks there and some turtles I can see on my and run. And some angry geese. Yeah, and apparently wow. the geese are too angry there. So I'm not going back to that pond. I'll run to a different pond. Because there's like six apartment complexes here and all of them have ponds. So I've got options. Huh. I'm really glad that you didn't tell us that story before we started rolling because I wanted I, I needed to be fresh for that. You getting attacked by animals during a quarantine is not something I could have predicted today. Were you so covered you, in sarsaparilla? So you stopped running to look at the no, goose. No, no, no. So I was running on my. Who then began to peck at your feet? No, I ran at the by the side of the pond on the path that's right up against the pond, and he was in the middle of the pond, like in the water. He saw me, started coming after me, and what I had wearing? to swim away from him. Were you wearing some sort of anti-goose shirt? No, I was wearing tennis shoes, black shorts, and a black sweatshirt. Mm, and I was yes, covered no in doubt. You look like a shadow. Wow. And I was covered in sardine oil. That's, I knew uh, you had That was it. You, you were leaving, you were burying the lead there. Well, oh, as, long man. As, did, as long as he didn't get me and put me under the septic tank, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that I'm okay. I can't what believe What if, like, you were 
public enemy number one for all geese everywhere and you just didn't know it like what if every animal have you ever hit a have you ever hit a goose with your car chives no i've hit numerous different birds including a turkey but i've never hit a goose a turkey there are wild turkeys in hardin county just there are some of them here and there and i accidentally hit one one time it was the middle of the night turkey was standing in the road wow 50 pounds 40 pounds it was a pretty small turkey, but I got out to look at it because it made a big thud, and I thought it was a raccoon. I was like, wait a second. That was not a raccoon. It made it, there were a couple feathers flew, and all of a sudden I got out, and I was like, that's a turkey. Wow. So I had smoked turkey, if you will. I won't. No. Won't. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but what do you do after you hit a turkey on the road? Do you clean it up, or did you take it home, or stuff it, or what? No, I had a – so it was in the winter. No, it was in the fall. And I keep a about October. A journal of a, a journal of all the birds you've hit. No, about October. Dear Daddy, today I really finally got my turkey. Bird hatred. Now they're, they're finally turning the tables back on chives. When you least expect it, when you're just out for some exercise, we're gunning for your shoes, chives. Dear diary, after 14 months of bird hunting, I finally got my turkey. No, so what I do is in like October, November, I start keeping. Oddly enough. Uh, there's journal. no, there's some salt in my trunk, always for ice. There's a small bag, like a like a very small bag of cat litter, and there's a little shovel in case I ever get stuck in the snow because the roads up there aren't very plowed, aren't plowed too well. So I just keep that in my trunk. So I had a small shovel in my trunk, like a plastic beach shovel. And so you buried it? No, I threw it off to the side of the road so the other cars wouldn't hit it. Mm. Wow, that's really disrespectful. Man. I think you know now why all other birds hate you, though. I mean. This was very easy to get to the bottom of. They, yeah, they all communicate. It's called Twitter. Oh, oh no. Nice. I can't believe, well done. Well I done. can't believe we've made an entire Road Beers episode out of Joe well Exotic and hitting turkeys with cars. Yeah. I mean, we don't, like, I don't tell you guys what I, if I structure the show. Uh, I don't ever give you a heads up on that just because that's not the way our normal conversations work. But I certainly didn't anticipate this was going to be part of it today because I wanted to ask Berm why he didn't respond to his own question on Twitter last night that he posed to me about uh, begging for one person to follow you. I, see, the thing is, I actually was going to, but then I started to re really dive into it and um, uh, hyperanalyze it. And I wondered to myself, like, who that person would really be because, uh, well, sure, we love the Lonely Island and all, but, like, if they just follow you but don't interact with you, does it matter? You know? So I, I guess you wonder, like, would, it, would you rather it be someone that was going to be engaging in conversation or um, just someone that, you know, you can point to and say, hey, they follow me on Twitter. But Right. Um, uh, certainly Lonely Island. I was, I would, I mean, I was aiming for that on, on Tuesday or a Monday night when I uh, dropped uh, uh, the graphic that I had made um, of Andy Samberg on the Iron Throne. But uh, all I got was the like there. Um, yeah. Same with the bracket. We at least got likes from them. Who would it be? I mean, I don't know. I, there's, there's a lot of people in the world that I would like to have a conversation with and interact with. And I fear because I know my own personality that, um, if Lonely Island account 
followed, I would like instantly like DM be like, yo, what's up? We, we should be best friends. Um, yeah. You know, we are, are big fans of Nikki Glaser, and I think she's hilarious and entertaining, and I think she would actually be somewhat engaging um, yeah. when it came to conversation. Uh, because, or maybe not, maybe because we're not as funny as we think we are. Um, but <laughs> we're not uh, actually comedians. I don't know. I mean, it's like who, if you wanted someone to, uh, if you wanted there. someone to engage with you, like your expertise is Ohio State football. So doesn't that narrow like? If you're looking for a celebrity that wants to actually converse with you, that narrows it down to like Richard Lewis and Guy Fieri and Rascal Flats and OAR. Oh, so let me go with uh, 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 um, uh, Vince, uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn. He, he's a Buckeye fan or, or was for a while. I don't know if he's not anymore. I've seen him on other sidelines now just throwing himself around like a hussy. But uh, he'd be funny to talk to. Sure. Um Richard Lewis, the, I don't, I don't. I think he, uh, Richard Lewis already follows me, so I would you, need to ask for that. Oh, he does not follow me, but you know who I would pick? Robert Downey Jr., I think. That's the person I would pick. I think Iron he is one of the most fascinating people in the world. You mean the star of Due Date? Yeah, I would love to ask him why the hell he risked his entire career to make that movie. That's what I would ask him. Hey, hey, Rob, I, uh, can I call you Rob? Can I call you? Uh, like, can I call you Kenderson? <laughs> uh, no, you may not. I've got this, buddy. What I really need is an autographed poster of due date. Christmas is coming up. Yeah. Got the, it, imagine, all this, uh, imagine all of the tentacles that a relationship slash friendship with Robert Downey Jr. could open up. Uh, all the different access to the Marvel world, to Dr. Doolittle. Uh, just kidding about that one, but yeah. Um, you know, the Our due fast. date stuff. I, I just think, plus I just think he's fascinating with all of the, the different things that he's experienced in his life from the addiction issues to becoming the world's biggest, you know, uh, actor. There's just a lot of things that I think would be very fascinating. So I have now decided it's Robert Downey Jr. Well, Berm, we know that you have great conversation with former addicts. We've already been that down that road before. Wow. I mean, that was a weird night. Spencer, so, but that wasn't my fault. So I think you would have pretty good conversation with Rob. I, I, would. I think that, I, I do. Think I'm fascinated about the human condition. Okay, that's me. I am interested in people and what makes them tick. I love people. No one loves people more than me. Okay, I love the people, all the people, yeah. the best people. I mean that. Um, you're used to be the greatest impressionist that I knew. <laughs> yeah, but I lost it. And you okay? lost and you lost it on a road trip this Bob, year. Bobcat Goldthwait got me. Was it still Indiana? Was it also Indiana where we couldn't figure out couldn't figure out the inside joke for that trip and then Chives finally tracked it down? Like I, would, I, I mean, I don't know when it was. I know it was Bobcat Goldthwait and he's gonna forever forever be the problem for me from now on. I I you used to be able to do anybody just like that. And now, like, that was the worst Trump that I've ever heard. Oh, I mean, but it was intentionally bad. <laughs> it was it was meant to be the worst you've ever heard. Okay. He, he kind of rebounded, though, in Arizona with Mike Leach, and then he wouldn't go back to it. Because I, I don't like to pretend like I'm some sort of uh, monkey in the circus who you just 
perform, boy. It's not me. You got to you gotta know that, Chives, that you get what you get. You, if you ask for him to do oh. something to perform for you, you're not, you're not going to get it. You just – you can maybe – you can lead and hope that it comes back up, but if you just straight up say, "Hey, do that leech impression yeah, for, for Bill Landis so that he can enjoy it," he's not going to do that. He, yeah. you, you got to let it come it. naturally. Because the other thing is, like, we didn't know he was going to do a Mike Leach impression at that point. I didn't know I was going to do one. And it came it, out of nowhere. So you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta enjoy the moment. You gotta yeah. embrace the moment. And spontaneity. Spontaneity is the spice of life. And, uh, I don't know what brought what prompted you to do Bob, Bobcat, but you were so bad at that, and it was the first one that you really failed at, and it yeah. just ruined everything. He's, it's sort of taken over my entire existence. Um, nothing's been the same since. Nothing will ever be the same again. Say la vie. Say la vie. So, <laughs> I'm I sorry. Was, I'll I, let you guys down. That's okay. I, I, I have a feeling that you'll come out of quarantine better than ever. You'll be ready to get on the road. And I was just trying to think this morning, I was going to rate it, but I'm more curious about which one that you're going to pick because I've, there've been four or five that I can think of offhand where I really kind of tortured you on the road with some difficult circumstances, namely like sleeping one hour after Penn state so I could come home mm. and play golf or, uh, I didn't control the weather, but we had to drive back from Iowa. Oh, that was rough. Inexplicable games we've ever seen. Um, not getting you some sort of um, crab soup. <laughs> well, which one do you think has been our worst road trip together? Oh, Penn State for sure. Number one, because I hate Penn State as a place. Like getting there because it's not even, it's like, okay, so we went to Rutgers, right? And as we mentioned on the first episode of, of road beers, we stopped in Pennsylvania. We went to Trogues. We cut the trip in half. It, Penn state's only a five and a half hour drive. So it's not like you can cut it in half. Sure. We could go to Pittsburgh or something for a night, but that's stupid. So yeah. you have to drive to the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, which we ended up going to what Bethel or um, there's nothing good there. We had, we had, we basically had to decide to try to find beers for the hotel the night before at a pizza hut. And before we found a, um, that was one of, uh, four stops trying to find, uh, right. Bef beer. Before we ended up finding a bar that sold beer to go. So it wasn't like a, a good brewery stop. There's nothing anywhere we else. Close. Smoke, and we walked in for two seconds and walked out in a cloud of smoke for a right. closed rest of the day. There's nothing good within an hour drive of, of Penn State. So, but we have to stay an hour away from there. Then you have to get up. They always play at night, so it's like you know we spend the whole day going, okay, we need to be there by 2.30 because the game starts at 7.30 because you can't park at Penn State because the, there's one road in and out. Um then the walk from the stadium or from where we have to park to the stadium ended up being so jagged and broken because we're walking over uh, gravel parking lots, not like paved roads or anything that my camera equipment ended up one of my lenses, the thing separated in the lens. So I had no idea why the whole night my pictures were shitty because they were all blurry on the bottom because there was a piece of my lens that came loose that I had to then fix when I got home. 
then of course the game doesn't end till 1230 in the morning, which means we don't get out of there till two 30 in the morning. Then we have to drive for an hour back to our hotel and get there at four 30. But then you needed to be home to play golf at 11 o'clock. Um, so collectively, it gets, it's hard to get worse than that. Like, I, I, I was annoyed that we didn't get cream of crab soup in Maryland because I love cream of crab soup. But we still got to go to D.C. and go to a lot of cool different breweries and stuff, and we had good food elsewhere. I just, you know, it's like a regional uh, delicacy for me to go and get cream of crab soup when I'm in Maryland. Um, but Penn State, on so many levels, is the worst – place in the big 10 and the circumstances around it being as they are make it the worst trip every other year no matter what but when we have to then get one hour of sleep to get back to columbus so you could play golf that certainly takes it to a a different level other other than that is fine it didn't really turn out that well for me because it turns out that coming back from all those things that you just described over the previous 48 hours and then immediately uh, going out and starting drinking uh, several uh, home beers on the golf course uh, wasn't a good thing for me physically. Um, yeah, weird, uh, right? That round, yeah, it's weird how that worked out. Didn't, didn't pan out. I, I always think, like, <clears throat> I think the stories of, of when we're on the road and not just making it look pretty for Instagram uh, with the road beers, like they make for some fascinating stories, but I always want to make sure that it never. We did have. Comes where off. was that place? We went to that brewery in Beth Bethel Bethel or Beth. Where was it? Bethel Bedford. Right? Bedford? Bedford Bedford and uh, like we did have a, a couple pretty good beers at the one brewery where we they had that food truck outside that had pretty good food, but they closed at like nine o'clock or something, so it didn't matter. That was the, that was the dilemma. Uh, Bill Land- a second shout out for Bill Landis in this episode. He was going to come join us. I'm like, uh, sorry, we're already done here because they kicked us out at, at 9 p.m. Right, and then him and Ari had to go to Pizza Hut to get uh, beer. Yeah, and so we went from there to like because the, because the sheets that was right next to our hotel was a dry sheets. Yeah, well, it was not. I think they were. They were about to get their beer cave, but they didn't have it yet. And so yeah, you they, it was the only sheets that, that we've ever been to. And we're big, big proponents of sheets. Big sheets fans. We thought they would bail us out. Uh, we'll go in there and like, hey, uh, we, where's your beer cave? We can't find it. Where? And like, oh, sorry. Go across the street to Pizza Hut. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, so we went in and what are they, the only options in there were – Coors Light, Bud Light, and Miller Light. So, again, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, that was rough. Then we got real desperate. Like we were get, thinking about, are we just going to pull the plug? Are we not going to have any beer tonight? Or I, I kept searching around on the old old uh, Jujal machine, and it told us that we could go to that very weird bar that had three people in it, and they were all smoking like chimneys, and we could take some to-go beer. We at least got a grab bag out of it and got to sample some of yeah. Central PA's finest, but man, what way a way to go! Way to go, Bedford, PA. Yeah, so I was yeah, anyway. The point was I'd say it's awful. Bottom we, line, Penn State sucks. We do have when football is being played the greatest job in the world, and like I, I never want it to sound like 
complaining about our opportunity to go to all these games and be paid to do it. But, you know, at least not compared to people that whine about flight cancellations or normal stuff that happens with anybody traveling. That's just part of the gig. And we don't, we know that nobody feels bad for us there, but some of the stuff that does happen winds up being, I think, pretty entertaining. And Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where like, okay, last summer when we went to um, do the commitment interview with Julian Fleming, and then the night we went to, we went into actually stayed in happy Valley the night of uh, the night after. Right. Yeah. And that was actually pretty cool because the hotel where we were in was like sharing a parking lot with two breweries, which was pretty awesome. But like, we don't ever get to experience that on the actual Penn state road trip because we can't stay in town because every hotel there is booked a year in advance. Yeah. So that it just becomes a miserable. That was the first meal outside of uh, the worst stadium in the Big Ten for media uh, that that I'd You've actually had in Happy Valley. Yeah, yeah, that I'd ever had. That's like, and I've been there four or five times for games, which is great. Like, yeah, we get to go to the whiteout, and everybody loves the you know environment. It's it's cool and all that stuff, but which is by far the the coolest in game environment I've ever been a part of. So I'm going to be clear about that. It's just. Everything else in Penn State sucks. <laughs> the end. For us. Yeah, for us. No offense to those who live there. I'm sure it's a wonderful place to raise a family. Uh, I don't know. Bill Landis, shout out number three. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to miss living uh, in that part of the country. I remember being there, was it 2014 maybe, maybe 2016, and hearing people – uh, in the crowd as we were walking to the stadium, not saying this in a negative way, talking about how they they feel like Penn State football is a cult. And they were saying it in a celebratory manner. Like, <laughs> I understand that there is a level of insanity to all fandom, especially when you're talking about Ohio State, Michigan, Big Ten schools like that. But when you intentionally and purposefully use the word cult to describe your um, – it wasn't about how much they liked Penn State. It was about how they didn't want anybody from the outside to understand what goes on in Penn State. Yeah, I think it's the insular, insular culture of that part. That's, you know, that town, that campus. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it struck me. And I was like, wow, that, that doesn't seem like something I'd want to be a part of. Right. But, hey – Cool, cool, cool stadium on the field. Uh, worst press Great box in the Big Ten. Outside. Go do interviews next to huge metal poles. and Yeah, worst press yeah. box in the Big Ten. Worst food in the Big Ten. Worst parking in the Big Ten. Worst travel to and from in the Big Ten. Um, check, 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 yeah. check. Other than that, it's great. Like, you would think – you would think that everyone would have this conversation and be like, what's the worst place to go to in the big 10? Well, it's Rutgers. No, it absolutely is not. No, the place Rutgers is pretty great. Like if you are a, a fan and, I, and obviously that's different, like you're a fan and you want to go to a huge game, you want there to actually be an atmosphere. Yeah. You're going to take Penn state over Rutgers. But in t- from our perspective, the stuff that we deal with, I don't think that there's even a close second. Penn state is the worst place in the yeah. league. Rutgers is pretty. Rutgers is pretty great from a media perspective for a lot of reasons. I'm trying to think what I would rate as the next worst experience. I mean, probably Purdue. 
Illinois. Purdue would be mine. Purdue's press box is pretty nice. Um, oh, I don't get to go up there. Instead, I almost got murdered by a garbage can. Did, yeah. Uh, I mean, the game we saw there wasn't really memorable, the last one. Oh, it was memorable. <laughs> but we don't stay – we don't stay in uh, around Purdue either. We stay in, Indi- yeah. in Indianapolis. So. But we love staying in Indianapolis. Yeah. So that's it's, why. I- it's not like <laughs> Purdue, if you can't – I guess you're right. In that respect, like Illinois, you have to stay in like Danville, Illinois, or someplace where there's one hotel and a Buffalo Wild Wings, and that's it. Low-key, the most underrated bad place to go in the Big Ten is East Lansing. Um, and – you wouldn't think of it that way, but the, the one uh, – I don't need to tell the Pizza Nug story. Crunchy's my personal nemesis from going there. Um, the two of the, like, two of the worst breweries that I – the state of Michigan does have some really great breweries, and I, I love visiting up there for that, but none of them are in East Lansing. In fact, two of the worst um, breweries around college campuses that I've ever been to in my life uh, are in East Lansing, and – uh, you go to the press box. They're the only ones that do it this way. Oh, they the give hot you two, dog sticker or the hot dog two, coupon. Get two little, um, you know, paper coupons so that you can get a hot dog or a pretzel uh, and maybe a brat. Like those are your three options. See, like, ironically again, though, Michigan state, uh, and I'm not in the press box. So people who wonder like the difference, right? I'm always in a media workroom. Michigan state's media workroom is pretty great like comparatively speaking to like uh, Michigan or Penn state, Penn state's the worst. It's literally a closet and we're, we're sharing it with a hundred people. Um, Michigan state's pretty great. Rutgers is great. Um, Indiana is awesome. Like those are a couple of the ones that are really good. Maryland. I hope when we go there this year, they've changed the situation from there because that was the worst one in the big 10 to me. But then, Ohio State is like this chai by zoom. Whoa, there's a chai by. Are you guys just going to leave out Northwestern? Uh, hey, we I, talked about Northwestern. We're talking about Big Ten schools here, Spencer. The rapid reaction from Northwestern called it the worst trip of all time due to everything wrong that happened. It was and a high school field. It's a high school stadium. I don't even I don't even consider it. I think that was out of the stadium. I think that was partly because they weren't prepared to have a Friday night game. You're right, Chives. I mean, that was – that was uh, maybe I was guilty of being a prisoner of the moment. That was a really bad one. I, I didn't think – Northwestern didn't come to mind because the rest of the time, like you're in Chicago, and as long as you don't stupidly order a flight with four uh, 13% ABV uh, stouts that you don't really actually want to drink without passing over and dying – not to name any names of people who might not, might order have ordered a flight inappropriately. Not sure guess, who that could be. I guess loyal listeners of the show might be able to figure out who that could be. Um, but like you have Chicago, you're going to go get uh, peace pizza. You're going to go get really good beer. You can go get an Italian beef sandwich. Like, you know, I'm not going to complain about going to a game at Northwestern for the rest of the trip. It's Penn state. The entirety of it is what makes it bad. Yeah, logistically, Northwestern was not prepared for Ohio State to be playing there on a primetime game, like, period. That that was my biggest complaint about it, aside from the fact that I had to leave the stadium every time I wanted to go upload a photo. <laughs> didn't make a whole lot of sense. But, like, 
it was just a high school field and that's the lighting, everything. It was just, it was, it's not a place that should be hosting that kind of game at this point. Penn state has been hosting those types of games for 50 years and they are still thinking it's 1965. It's awful. Yeah. Michigan state food wise though, Michigan state, at least we always get pizza post game. Uh, they always have pizza in the press room. That's true. But Michigan State, I'm also skewed because every time I'm there, it's mid-November and the weather is freezing and snowing and nasty, and I and I kind of hate that. But whatever. I, I just regret that we broke down. We listened to the advice of some of our fellow media members who had lived in East Lansing, and they said, you've got to go to Crunchy's, and you've got to try the pizza nugs. And <laughs> oh. I think what they left out was that if you order – a bucket of pizza nuggets, which if you've not had them at this, just, I mean, it's a pure college dive bar. Um, and it's just, you know, Pillsbury dough basically wrapped around a uh, hundred pepperonis and, and a little bit of mozzarella and it comes in a bucket. So probably what they left out was if you're going to the game, you're going to cover the game and it's just you and your colleague, just two of you, maybe don't order the full bucket and then yeah. eat it all. Yeah. Because the next day, you're going to have uh, the worst. Yeah, I've never – I'm, I'm a guy, for those of you who don't know, like I douse all of my food in hot sauce. And I am not uh, someone who deals with heartburn issues or anything like that. I don't have any problem with it. I've never had heartburn in my entire life <laughs> until the pizza nugs from crunchies and, and since, and since that time we've had heartburn all the time i've yeah, never had like, my life it, it created the heartburn awful uh, well i mean not, not not all the time i had it again then at at uh when we went to purdue yeah. in the hotel in indianapolis um because we ordered a spicy pepperoni pizza at two in the morning when we got back from the game so that was also a negative Really out of character for us to do that, too. But again, when you spend the whole night in a closet, like where they had us out of Purdue doing our uh, work, it, it it's uncomfortable. So then you like you need comfort food, and that's pizza at 2 a.m. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I had a bunch of other stuff that I'll just save for uh, Road Beers episode number four, but we can't leave without talking about what we've been drinking during quarantine. Uh, down here behind my whatever shoulder this is, right shoulder, uh, our local spot now in Northwest Columbus, since uh, Winking Lizard closed somewhere in particular brewing, they were open on Friday and Saturday to pick up cans. So uh, Allie has sent me twice so that we make sure that we don't lose uh, this spot that uh, is so, so important for us that we can walk to. And Liberty actually loves the uh, skeletons and likes to go say hi to them anytime and huge patio back there that we currently can't enjoy. But I hit up, hit up them for, uh, hazy IPA, I think Juicy Bone. We've got a blackberry uh, sour, blueberry sour that Allie has been uh, attacking. She had some last night. And what a Citizen Hobo is another third uh, IPA that I had from them over the weekend loading up on their cans. Uh, so if you haven't tried them, make sure if you're nearby me, pick them up on Friday or Saturday this week. Uh, yeah, those all sound really good. Blueberry everything blueberry crush from Petoskey is my a jam uh he, these are the ones i've been on this week so pigeon we've hill. got what pigeon hill what up 
Pigeon Hill. So remember when we were there in Muskegon uh, last year and they said they did not have the Cinnamon on French toast? Well, Correct. my local liquor store has it. It must be that month of the year when they're brewing it. That's the one in the middle there. Uh, Do you think excellent. the guys could drink a whole can of that? Uh, probably one. Um, the vanilla whip from Southern Tier was a little different than I expected it to be, but it was still pretty tasty. And then Mommy Bay Brewing Company and Tiramisu Brown Ale, which is fantastic. Tell, um, tell me about the vanilla whip. So, like, that's actually a vanilla milkshake IPA? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't get nearly as much vanilla as I thought I would out of it. It actually has some more fruit to it than I, that was, than I was anticipating because you think vanilla whip you're getting – more of, you know, as we said, I like the desserty type beers, but it it was more hazy than it was um, like the vanilla flavor, I guess. I've been, uh, I don't know, I don't know when it shifted for me, but I felt like other than pumpkin with Southern Tier, like I just can't do it. I, I feel like it, it's not, I, you know, it's not one of the breweries. It, to me, it's almost not. Um, local enough i guess so not to trying to sound too snobby but i wanted it because i wanted the vanilla milkshake ipa because i was really looking forward to that flavor of what i thought it was going to be but it just wasn't that however the cinnamon on french toast um from pigeon hill brewing company in muskegon michigan is fantastic those those come in four packs unfortunately and uh i didn't buy enough <laughs> they seem to per you know from what i remember from going up there that seems to be their MO, just really, you know, elaborate kind of decadent, more dessert kind well, of. Well, yeah, there are other ones. There are, the other ones that are of theirs that are my favorite are the oatmeal cream pie uh, and then the salted caramel porter, which is probably one of my favorite beers, period. Maybe if you save, you know, three or four of them, we can make chives a flight and we can see if he could finish it. Yeah, the tiramisu brown ale from Mommy Bay Brewing Company is really good. Uh, that one's something. That's one that Chives would probably like. It's, it's not not the stout or the you know IPA. It's just a, a brown ale, but it does have a good like. It's not a heavy chocolate flavor, so you know it, it's really light when it comes to the flavor, but the color is dark. Chives, you don't want to defend yourself or tell us what you've been drinking. Uh, I don't care to defend myself because I am now a finisher of flights. I don't need your guys' uh, – I am now a finisher of flights. So we, we don't, <laughs> I, don't need that, I don't need that hanging over me anymore. Oh, okay. uh, but I was at Kenny Road Market where they're doing a really good job with sanitation and telling people if you're not going to buy it, just don't touch it. And uh, I'm shopping around. I was in there for probably 10 minutes looking at a lot of different good stuff. Uh, I ran into – uh, Yellow Springs Brewing, which I don't see in there very often. They told me about why they have Yellow Springs Brewing because Yellow Springs Brewing is trying to make it through the quarantine and get their product as many places as possible. They currently have a Raspberry Springer Fruited Golden Ale. Mm -hmm. It's very, very good. And it's been a, getting a little warmer in certain days. Every day that it's over 60, I allow myself to drink a couple of them just because it feels <laughs> like spring. It feels like a, a new season. I bought six. So I'm out now, but I am probably heading to Kenny Road Market either today or tomorrow to check out more Yellow Springs and possibly some other. Uh, trying to buy only Ohio breweries just to keep them just to keep them satisfied during the quarantine. Before we go, guys, can we just 
all make an, uh, an announcement that April Fool's Day is stupid and no one should ever do any jokes on April Fool's Day. Preach. And what, a dumb, what, a dumb, what a what a what a weird I, I don't know am i am i being grinchy like it, are we in a time when the world is so sad that we need jokes i get it if they're funny but like most of the time april fools day is like tr- yeah they're just flat out lies in order to make you feel like an idiot like i mean i don't think that anyone really believed that uh, Mickey Marotti was leaving the Buckeyes to become a drummer in a rock band. But like, I just, you go to this, this great effort to pull it off and I don't know, maybe we are just uh, getting to be I old. Know. I just, when, I never like, when you live in a world, gave- when you live in a world where 90% of the things you hear on TV, you don't believe anyway. <laughs> like, is it, isn't it, doesn't it make more sense to just be like, Hey guys, here's what's really happening today. Let's make it April real day or whatever, because I, I don't believe anything I hear anymore. So who cares? I'm done. Yeah. I, I really thought that it would be scaled down this year just because we're dealing with some pretty serious stuff around the world and, and in this country. Like maybe we'll just put it on hiatus for one year, but I think a lot of, you know, big time companies and stuff did, but I can also imagine that like, you know, Ryan Day and Mickey Marotti had been cooking this up since before the quarantine. And yeah. We're really looking forward to April 1st to unleash it on the world and seeing how much traction it could get. It just it just feels like it was out out of place today, given everything else that's going on. But, you know, we could be wrong on that. And that people probably are a good joke. Like maybe Chives thought it was hilarious. Yeah, maybe we're, we're probably wrong. I've been wrong about a lot of things in my life. I'm not afraid to be wrong about one more. I didn't think it was hilarious. I understand certain April Fool's jokes being like, for example, April Fool's is kind of like the silliest of all the holidays, not like the dumbest, but the silliest. So I would say like, if you want to do something like super silly, that's funny. I always revert back to April Fool's Day as there's an episode of Family Guy where the newscasters tell everybody the world's ending. So like Peter goes and buys a lion and like take it back. He goes and gets a lion from the zoo and uh, so, you know, it's just like, there are certain things that I think are, can give me a, a decent laugh on April Fool's Day, but then there's also like 99.8% of everything is just like, really, this is dumb. Yeah. I think that's the, only one that I, the only one that I laughed at, I think today was uh, Ben Axelrod, another one of our uh, former beat compatriots posted a picture of the Browns helmet with the new logo being the Browns helmet inside of it. I, I knew that that would get reaction just because people, he, he's a successful kind of a troll on Twitter as it is. That one I was like, I see what day it is and what's happening here. I'm just going to watch the replies for a little bit and then I'll be content for April Fool's Day. But lo and behold, I was not done thanks to uh, uh, Day and Marathi. But that one was I mean, come on. Hey, whatever floats your boat, I guess. All right, go make, go do whatever makes you happy, America. Oh, and everyone else as well. Yeah. Enjoy your April Fool's Day. Uh, enjoy uh, another episode of Road Beers with uh, myself, Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook. Now got to, through three of these to uh, stay sane. We actually had a couple of you reach out say you're really enjoying it, um, and we appreciate that greatly because we would like to keep doing it. 
ideally with an audience. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's better. Main, that's the main point. If you've got stuff that you want us to talk about or debate uh, or be silly about, please uh, keep reaching out. Uh, and if you hate it, well, we'll take that too. We're big boys. We can take the criticism. Uh, probably won't stop us. We'll probably just talk about you on that episode. That's uh, true. <laughs> that's the way that this thing's going to roll. So uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Appreciate you joining us for this one. Uh, keep following along with us at lettermanrow.com. Bye-bye.